traveling the world searching for equestrians of all breeds. The journey starts now on the International Equine Network. Good afternoon, equestrians. It's Thursday again, 1 o'clock Eastern Time here on BBS Radio and many, many other uh, stations and outlets you can listen to us on. Um, the International Equine Report starts now. Uh, we start with a journey that uh, we don't like to talk too much about, but we are talking about it because it's our uh, checks and balances in the equine industry. And um, hopefully, um, uh, you know, this will get things straightened out for us, and we'll get on to some better things into the report today about uh, who, what, when, and where, and how you can participate in it, whether you're a professional horseman, an amateur horseman, or just a listener. Um, the information that we'll be giving you out today will help any and everybody uh, listening to us and give them some ideas about what they can do in, in the horse industry. Um, today, we got our yesterday, actually, we got a report. The January 19th selection of juries for the federal horse doping trial of Dr. Seth Fishman and Lisa Gianelli was extended into at least a second day when the 37 of the 75 potential jurors were questioned inside of a lower Manhattan courthouse. Um, U.S. District uh, Court Judge Mary Kay Velasco uh, called for an end to the marathon nine-hour session about uh, 6 p.m., ordering the juries who have not yet been interviewed to return uh, to the same district of New York court at 9.30 a.m. on January 20th. That was this morning that they had to return. Um, the interview process consisted of 72 questions posed uh, to the possible jurors asking about a wide topic of subjects, including their knowledge of horse racing, ownership of pets, gambling, medication, um, feelings about uh, veterinarians, and their background. These questions were asked to learn if any of them had personal conflicts that would prevent them from viewing the court case fairly and impartially. It says nine of the persons interviewed Wednesday were excused for a variety of reasons. Of the 37 questions, the only potential juror who said he follows horse racing closely at the present time was excused after he voiced concerns about judging the case without bias. And so that's good because that, that shows you that, that, the, the, that the jurors are honest and, you know, he felt like that, um, you know, he, he knew uh, maybe too much about the industry, uh, you know, to, to do that or maybe he had some personal connections with anybody in there. Uh, Fishman and Gene Helley are facing federal charges for allegedly working through a company called Equestriology to sell adulterated and misbranded performance-enhancing drugs to clients in the racing industry. Fishman and Gianelli are part of the March 9, 2020 indictments that also snared trainers Jorge um, Navarro and Jason Service. Fishman is charged with two counts of conspiracy to commit drug adulteration and misbranding, while Gianelli is facing one count of misbranding conspiracy. So they're moving forward with this case um, to get to the bottom of what happened. And, um, you know, this is good for the business because now people know that they can't uh, go out and do what they need, uh, what they think they can do and get away with it. You know, so it's serving notice to everybody about, uh, hey, 
you know, go by the rules. Don't try to get a, you know, get ahead or, or, or cheat or, you know, do anything outside the box. So, um, you know, we're, we're glad for that. So that, that's a good way to start off today, knowing that, um, our industry is being policed and going to be taken care of and everything. So that, that's good. And another, um, story here that kind of goes along with this in a little bit, um, we're always worried about uh, the safety of the horse in in our industry, be it uh, uh, show horses, race horses, uh, sales, farms, what have you. And um, one of the things that um, I like that they have every year is uh, the track superintendent field day is going to be June 14th, uh, uh, 12th through the 14th at Gulfstream Park. And um, they're going to invite uh, – track superintendents and managers from all over the country and all over the world to discuss uh, problems that they have with tracks, whether it be tracks that are freezing, tracks that are muddy, uh, you know, the consistency of the tracks, uh, you know, all the proper procedures that you have to take on a daily basis to ensure that your product that you're putting out there, be it racing or or, uh, show horses or whatever, that they have a good footing service so that they don't get injured. Um, a panel will discuss new requirements under the Horseman's Integrity and Safety Act um, that, uh, that we have to go by uh, that's been mandated by, uh, uh, you know, our regulatory committee. committee. Um, and uh, registration is open for track superintendent field day June 12th through the 14th at Gulfstream Park in Hollandale Beach, Florida. The gathering brings together track superintendents and staff to discuss best practices related to track maintenance, safety, and um, operational issues of racing and training facilities. We are thrilled to be heading to Florida in 2022, says Roy Smith, founder of the event and track superintendent in Indiana Grand. Gulfstream Park is a world-class facility with terrific racing surfaces. Track superintendent field day started as a small meeting in Philadelphia Park, now called Parks, in 2002. And since then, it has grown to become one of the racing industry's largest and most important events focusing on track safety. So new regulations under the Horse Racing Integrity and Safety Act, uh, HISA, are set to begin later this year. So field day agenda will include a panel of, on ensuring the superintendents are ready for the hefty reporting requirements that they're going to have to do. This will also fulfill four hours of continuing education uh, for anyone who attends. And um, uh, when, when, I, when we said about uh, ensuring the superintendents are ready for the hefty reporting requirements, um, there will be daily reports that have to be filled out on each one of the tracks um, that are uh, that are involved in racing, and and uh, they have to turn those reports in so they can keep a statistical a statistical study of, um, you know, track maintenance and horse breakdowns and horse injuries and weather conditions and that type of thing. Um, the track superintendent field day is not, is, is not for profit. It's a 501c3 entity, and registration is free for superintendents and their staff supported solely by sponsors uh, of this event, including the title sponsor, Equine Equipment. Uh, the only expenses for the track superintendents and staff are transportation and a discounted hotel rate at the Hampton Inn in Hollandale Beach, Florida, as the host hotel. Uh, my team and I look forward to welcoming everyone to Gulfstream Park, says Tony Marquez, 
Martinez Jr., track superintendent of the South Florida Track. Track Superintendent Field Day also provides extensive educational information and networking so that we are proud to support this um, for the betterment of the industry, said Steve uh, Anderson, equine of equine equipment. Uh, says the panels and speakers will bring together are instrumental in cultivating the superintendents of tomorrow and in building the skill sets of current supers. We urge tracks to send their key people to demonstrate the willingness uh, to invest in their future and to get annual training from the oldest track superintendent group in North America. To register, call 877-905-0004 or email tracksupers at gmail.com. More information regarding registration and the agenda will be forthcoming. Uh, you can go to www.tracksupers.com uh, to get more information. And this is very important because um, uh, the the industry seems to be kind of a, uh, uh, you know, like if you're here, like say, at Gulfstream Park or at our track, Palm Beach Downs or Sunshine Meadows track, um, you know, that we're here. We're kind of isolated, and uh, we don't really uh, get out to get social with other track superintendents or track management because of the logistics. Uh, you know, uh, now we're going to be meeting with people from New York and California and Florida and Illinois and Kentucky and uh, Ohio, you name it, uh, they're all going to be there. And, and that really helps. And it's kind of like the only time during the year that you can get together face-to-face and uh, and not be under the uh, the pressure of getting a track done uh, you know, you'll have three days to, um, you know, uh, communicate and exchange ideas with uh, other track superintendents across the country. And also, um, you know, that, that's going to be good. That's all part of the, the programs that we do uh, try to get out uh, uh, here on IEN is uh, programs that are informational and helpful to the horse industry. And also we're doing that. And um, now we're going to uh, jump over here to uh, – um, our Kentucky information uh, today. Um, it's that time of year when uh, spring's getting ready to roll around and you're talking about uh, all kinds of uh, uh, things like the Triple Crown, the Preakness and the Derby and the Belmont and, um, you know, the Traverse Stakes and, and, and Saratoga and um, the Island at uh, uh, Monmouth Park. Um, it's all people are starting to make plans for that so that they, when they go, they can enjoy themselves, such as hotels, transportation, uh, you know, that type of thing and, and all. And same thing for the show horse industry and the standard breads and, you know, just the whole equine industry itself. It's springtime, it's summer. Um, it's that time to get out and start enjoying these, uh, uh events. And the event that we're focusing on this week is the Kentucky three day event. I'm going to give you a little bit of history about three-day eventing. It's an unbelievable sport. It's a sport of endurance and toughness, and uh, it's very difficult uh, to do. It's a worldwide uh, uh, event all over the world, but uh, the main focus uh, now will be Kentucky for the World Championships in uh, April 28th through May 1st of 2022. Um, Equestrian Events, uh, Inc., EEI, the organizers of the three-day um, uh, event is a nonprofit 
Kentucky Corporation formed initially to stage the 1978 three-day um, event championships at a brand-new Kentucky horse park. In October of 76, as preparation for the World Championships, EEI organized the first horse trials um, ever held at the horse park in 19, at the horse park. In 1977, the organization coordinated and, and the staging of the National Pony Club rally in August and produced the North American Junior three day eventing championship, which had never been held until EEI had uh, organized this, this event. The 1978 World Three-Day Event Championship, held for the first time in the United States, September 14th through the 17th, were an unexpected success. Um, it, it, the World Championship, Bruce Davidson of Pennsylvania, um, retained the world riding, uh, uh, the world champion title, uh, riding his young and courageous horse, American. Thoroughbred might... Uh, uh, Tango, the popular team of uh, riders and others from Canada were the winners in the team uh, gold medal uh, events. So we had Canada and America, and we had um, uh, Mike, uh, Mike Tango, uh, which was a nice horse and uh, from Canada, and it, it was really nice. EEI's mission is to support the development of riders and their horses in one or more Sports recognized by the Federation of Equestrian International uh, through staging an annual event at the highest level. EEI seeks to ensure uh, the competitiveness of the United States uh, in the international competition and to enhance the equine industry worldwide. EEI is governed by a 28-person board of directors uh, and will, uh, with daily management, overseen by their professional staff. And also, uh, the three-day eventing consists of of um, cross-country. It consists of dressage and stadium jumping. And um, it's a, a three-days event, and it's great to go to uh, to visit uh, and see any three-day eventing uh, in any location close to where you're at. Um, you know, you can go to uh, uh, IENTV.org, and you can find out uh, where eventing will be held at. Now, this is the exciting part about it. And this is the things that we do here at IEN to try to help potential uh, um, visitors, uh, spectators, and uh, the equine industry as a whole to um, uh, make it easier for them when they attend a, an event. Um, you know, we can tell you about the derby. We can tell you about three-day eventing or, you know, we can tell you about uh, uh, the Hamiltonian, the Little Brown Jug. Uh, all these events we can tell you about and report on when they are and where they're at. But what's important to me is to make it easier for the spectator and the equestrians to get to um, each one of these events and do it in a proper manner and so they can enjoy themselves and not be running all over creation trying to, you know, seek this information. Um, the first thing that I would do on April the 28th May, uh, through May 1st, um, at the Kentucky Horse Park in Lexington, Kentucky, is go to uh, the information booth and obtain a program. And uh, when you get the program, and uh, the official event program, the ultimate guide for patrons to navigate 
um, the competition and spectator activities at the uh, um, Kentucky Horse Park official events program includes a vast amount of information used by patrons, including competition schedule and description of each phase, cross-country course map, facility map, athlete and horse profiles, and a detailed guide and directory um, to the Sponsors Village uh, and the International Trade Fair. So this program gives you a guide to any and everything that you need to know at your hands. Um, you can take it uh, to your hotel. You can read it and see what it uh, what it uh, you know you're going to be enjoying, where to go, plan your trip. It's kind of like a trip to Disney World. Um, you know, you you can plan it out. Uh, these programs generally run around six dollars each, and they're good for the whole uh, three day event in April 28th through May 1st, 2022. Now, the second thing that I like, and and it's very very helpful, and it, it makes uh, it makes you feel like you're a part of the event. Uh, what they what they have here, and it's new and unique, and NASCAR has done it for a long time. It's called headsets. Uh, EEI uh, wants you to uh, enjoy your stay at the three-day event. It says, listen to the expert comments, critique and explain dressage uh, rides through Thursday and Friday, jumping rounds Sunday through, uh, through Saturday, uh, Sunday through Monday, uh, reserved headsets or headsets rental booth next to the event box office inside the Rolex Stadium. Commentary headsets or it can be rented on a daily basis and um, discounted for three-day packages. Uh, you can uh, reserve them in advance uh, of uh, your events that you're going to, and it's really not a bad deal. Um, One-day uh, rental is $25, two-day rental is 40 and a three-day package is $50. And I would suggest uh, investing into this because it's a, it's something that um, uh, in three-day inventing, you're on a massive amount of land. And, um, you, you know, you see a lot of different things. And, and, and uh, you know, it's like having a television uh, in front of you, a live television in front of you uh, with the headsets. They tell you who's jumping, who's doing what, uh, what's next, uh, where they're going, how things are going. Um, you know, it, it gives you all kinds of information, and it's very, very worth it. So, you know, if you do the three-day deal, you're looking at a program for the three days for $6. You're looking at headsets for $50. So you're looking at an investment of $56 that will enhance uh, your experience um, and keep you informed and educated on what's going on, when and where uh, at the three-day event. Um, the ground admission for cross-country Saturday, April 30th. Is, is what I really suggest that you go see. Um, it, it's really nice because, uh, it goes over a rolling uh, landscape and, and, um, the Kentucky Horse Park and uh, they have different jumps. They have water jumps and tree jumps and, uh, you name it, they've got it. And you can find you a nice location, um, bring your chair with you, sit down and you can watch a, a multitude of horses, uh, run the course and see who makes it over the jumps and who doesn't. And you're also allowed to get up and, and go over to other uh, jumps and other parts of the track when you uh, get in there and get your ground admission cross-country for Saturday, April 30th. Um, the um, uh, Saturday uh, uh, admission runs you right around uh, $42. Um, 
uh, for the Saturday, um, which is really good. And it's a good all day long uh, type of thing, um, you know, that you can see. It's not over in just, you know, a uh, half hour, an hour. It's an all day thing. You can see the horses warming up and, um, you know, you can walk around the horse park and see all the horses that will be uh, running in the eventing aspect of it. And then on Sunday, May 1st, uh, that's the, the, the best, the best of it all that you find out who the world champions are on Sunday, May 1st. Uh, the, fi- the, the final exciting and colorful day of competition is show jumping. Uh, ground emission tickets are needed to enter the park. So, you know, the ground emission tickets that you get is going to get you into, into the stadium jumping and there, uh, you know, t- to see. Uh, says they have general parking that's included and shuttles will be provided preferred parking and uh, can be purchased uh, if if you would like to um, um, park away from the event and then uh, you know have, have yourself shuttled up to the stadium and then pick back up and take into your car uh, you can do that it says um, pets must be leashed at all times dogs are not allowed in the Rolex stadium any of the grandstands or hospitality uh uh, tents or booths uh, located um, by the campground entrance near the uh, head of the lake will provide a doggy daycare center uh, for a donation. Um, the tickets for the final event are $51. Um, if you want uh, a cash bar, um, it's $99.50 uh, for the ticket and the cash bar. But it's $51 to get in to see the finals. And you're looking at world champions. Uh, being crowned uh, at the end of that three-day event there. So that that's kind of exciting, uh, you know, to do. And, and the thing I like about it is the Kentucky Horse Park has so much to offer. Um, it, it's just unbelievable, the facilities that they have built there. Uh, they've got a historical uh, a thing that you can go through. They've got restaurants. Uh, they've got a museum. They've got a bookstore sh- book uh, and, uh, and a gift shop. Uh, it's just really uh, amazing facility. Uh, they got fantastic campgrounds there, uh, good showers. Uh, they got a nice swimming pool there for the campers. Um, they have um, uh, all from tent camping all the way up to the big RVs, uh, diesel pushers, and everything. So, uh, if you're interested in going to the um, uh, Kentucky uh, three-day eventing, uh, just go to uh, KentuckyHorsepark.com. And uh, you can see what all they have there. And uh, it might be uh, a little cheaper to go and uh, reserve camping facilities uh, there than it is for the hotels because you got to remember this is uh, April uh, 30th through May 1st, and that's the height of the Kentucky Derby Week uh, that's coming in there. So, you know, it's going to be crowded. Uh, but it's really well worth going to see three-day eventing. And then um, uh, we're going to move on now to Traverse City, Michigan. Uh, Traverse City Horse Shows to host 2022-2024 adequate uh, USEF Junior Hunter National Championships East. Um, It's a beautiful facility. It's nice to go to. It's uh, um, good weather uh, usually there in Traverse City. Um, Traverse City Horse Shows to host um, the adequate USEF Junior Hunter National Championships East. Traverse City Horse Shows. Uh, TCHS is proud to be selected to host the 2022-2022 Junior National Championships. This year's championship will take place June 28th through July 2nd 
in Flint Fields Horse Park in beautiful, 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 and I say I could not say that enough times, northern Michigan. Um, it's a great time of year. Apple picking is uh, about ready to get going, uh, uh, not then and then all the way through the fall. But it's nice in Michigan in, in that time of year. Established in 2001, the Junior National Championship showcases the best junior hunters in the nation while providing riders with opportunities to meet and spend um, time with competitors from all over the country. In 2014, the new three-foot-three three, uh, three three junior hunters section uh, was added to the championships and has quickly gained popularity. Each year, more than 2,000 eligible hunters qualify to compete in the prestigious finals. Uh, so you're talking about a huge, huge horse show um, there in Michigan. Uh, so, uh, each one is held on the uh, – uh, let me see. I lost my track here. It says uh, the final, which uh, will be held on the East Coast and, and comprised of three phases, uh, Handy Hunter, Classic and under saddle phase, the overall score uh, from the weighed sections determines the ultimate winner. Traverse City hosted the prestigious championships in 2020 after the original host venue had to cancel due to COVID-19 pandemic. With only a few weeks to organize, championship was a wonderful success with a great competition and electric atmosphere. It was a privilege to be able to step in and host a championship in 2020. These riders worked so hard all year long, and it was important to us as a part of the horse show community that the championship not be canceled, said show manager Michael Morrissey. Uh, we are pleased after, uh, after a competitive and bid process that we were selected to host a championship for the next three years. We look forward to providing membership, a memorable and special um, championship and welcoming competitors and their families to Traverse City. Uh, U.S. Equestrian will share additional details on entries and deadlines and submissions in the coming weeks. The competition dates uh, for the 2022 um, U.S. HJA Gladstone Equitation Classic presented by International Equine and Emory and Henry, are still pending and, once approved, will be sent to separate communications by United States Hunter Jumper Association for more information. Um, so it's, it's a great thing in, in Traverse City that they're doing. They stepped in and stepped up, and they got uh, everybody going and, and uh, helped these young kids through, and, and who knows how many of these kids you'll see in the Olympics. Uh, once you go to events like this. But again, like we said here at, um, uh, you know, at IEN uh, for um, what we're doing here is trying to get out information about the equestrian industry and uh, all over, not just Kentucky or Florida or New York or California. It's all over, and Michigan is a great place to go. Uh, you'll see a quality horse show, and they have plenty of vendors and food and, and accommodations and everything that uh, – that is really, really great, uh, really great there and everything. So uh, that's where we're at with so far with Quest for Equine Gold. And tune in next week and you'll, you'll get more from us. And, and I'll go to our website and you can see what, uh, you know, videos we have on Quest for Equine Gold and everything. 
Now we come to um, uh, the sales calendar. Um, we're right now we're uh, just focusing right on the thoroughbred industry uh, because the the um, uh, other breeds are slowly putting together their horse sales and. Uh, you know, uh, the COVID and the economy has kind of shut down some of the sales uh, due to logistics uh, and uh, financial restrictions that um, some of the horsemen have had to put on their barns and be careful where they spend their money and how they spend their money. And so coming up here on um, five days, we have uh, Golf's UK um, Doncaster January National Hunt Sale in Doncaster, England. Um it will be June, uh, January 25th, and if you tune into IEN, you can watch uh, all uh, both uh, both days live on IEN and see who sells uh, for the most. Then on, also on January 25th, we have the OBS, the Ocala Breeder Sales Winter Mix Sale in Ocala, and uh, we'll have that live also on Last Call on um, IEN. So tune in for that, and you can see that live for those two days. And then uh, February 1st, uh, we jump ahead to February 1st, which is the California Thoroughbred Breeders Association Winter Mix Sale in Pomona, California. Um, you turn it, uh, tune in to us, and you'll be able to get all the information that you'll need on last call on IEN. And then uh, this is the one that um, that uh, is really a nice sale. Uh, it's strictly online. It's February 1st through February 3rd. It's a Magic Million February online sales from Boondall, Queensland, Queensland, Australia. Um, that's, a, that's a very good sale. Uh, you know, it's an online sale. It's not really exciting, but uh, it's online, and, and, and it's worth, uh, you know, uh, the time you take a look at it. Then on February 3rd, we had the Tattersall February sales in Newmarket, England, um, and it's February 3rd through the 4th. And if you uh, tune in, you'll be able to see that uh, on uh, last call on IEN. And then February 4th, we have the English fe uh, February online sale from Newmarket. Again, it's an online sale. It's not as exciting as seeing them going through the ring, but, you know, it's still something good to look at. And then um, uh, that pretty much uh, gets us into – uh, February, and then we'll have on um, February 7th, we'll have the, and 8th, we'll have the Fasic Tipton winter mix sales here in the United States in Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, tune in and you'll be able to see that. And then uh, you tune in to last call and you'll be able to see, uh, uh, you know, all these sales that are going on. And, and um, uh, due to um, space restriction on the website, uh, we would like to have a calendar you know, on there uh, of everyone. So what we'll do is we'll put a, uh, a link to the calendar um, at the Blood Horse, and uh, you can go to the Blood Horse uh, magazine and click on sales, and it'll give you a calendar, a sales calendar list there that uh, that you'll be uh, really glad to uh, take a look at. And, you know, if you're in any of these locations, you're more than welcome to go out and see the sales and, you know, see what's going on and pick up a catalog and, just kind of watch and see what's going on. And who knows, you might get educated enough to where you might uh, not buy one or buy one someday. Uh, you know, it's all up to you. But uh, at least, uh, you know, get out and expose yourself to to the sales and and uh, and see what's going on and, and learn more about it. And it's a good way to spend the afternoon. And the great thing I like about it is it's family-oriented. 
you could take the family out, get up close, personal, and see the horses. You know, see them go through the horse ring. Uh, so it's really good. They have good, uh, good uh, venues there. They have good food. Uh, they have uh, a lot of good things that are there. That's on last call on IEM. Now we're getting into some heavy duty stuff here. Some heavy duty stuff. Is everybody pretty much throughout the world has heard of the Kentucky Derby. And so every week we're going to spend 15, 20, 30 minutes on the road to the Kentucky Derby on our documentary that we're doing called How They Get There. And uh, the the 2022 uh, Road to the Kentucky Derby is a series of races through which horses will qualify for the 2022 Kentucky Derby which will be held May 7th at Churchill Downs in Louisville, Kentucky. The field for the Derby is limited to 20 horses, with up to four also eligibles in case of a late withdrawal from the field. There are three separate paths for the horses to take to qualify for the Kentucky Derby. The main road, consisting of races in North America, plus uh, one in Dubai, and the the Japan road consisting of four races in Japan and seven European races and major prep races in March and April throughout Europe. Earnings is a non-restricted stakes uh, races act as a tiebreaker. So if you get horses that, um, let's say you got uh, three horses uh, uh, that are 20, 21, and 22, the, the more earnings you have, uh, the better chance you have of getting into the 20 horse field. And so, um, you know, that, that's, uh, uh, the tiebreaker there. Um, we've got races in England, France, Ireland, and Japan, and also Dubai, um, that, that can qualify for the races for the Kentucky Derby here in, in the state. For the uh, 2022 main road derby will be, uh, resemble The 2021 road to the Kentucky Derby consisted of 37 races, one more event than 2021. With the 2021 races, the Kentucky Dirt Prep Race season and 16 races for the Kentucky Derby Championship season with the following changes. The inaugural Gunrunner Stakes at the fairgrounds has been added as a part of the prep season for 2021-2022 season. Qualification points will not be awarded to any horses trained by an individual who is suspended from racing in the 2022 season. Kentucky Derby or any trainer uh, directly or indirectly employed, supervised or advised uh, by a suspended trainer. So in other words, basically to cut to the chase, what we're getting to is this clause has always been in there and it's and it's just a, a let trainers know that they can't get in, and particularly Bob Baffert. Uh, Bob Baffert has got a mountain of uh, hills to climb. He's got he's got some of the top horses in the in the in the trails and the road to the Kentucky Derby this year, but it looks like that he might not be able to run in it because of uh, his suspensions or his um, uh, litigations that ha- they have against him, and he has against. Uh, you know, the different tracks and different associations. And so that's why that disclaimer was, was put in there so that everybody will know that, you know, why Bob Baffert isn't at the Derby 
um, pending litigation and uh, legal uh, rulings, uh, that would be why he would not be there and everything. So now we're getting into, uh, we've got a list, and we're not going to go over all of them, but of, of 140 horses on the road to the Kentucky Derby right now. And uh, it's just phenomenal, you know, to see this this amount of horses, uh, you know, come out uh, to go to to go to the Derby, um, you know, and, and who knows, uh, you got a plan like we've been talking about. You got a plan with the owner and the trainer and the jockey where to run, when to run, uh, how many points you're going to get for, um, you know, running there, uh, you know, that type of thing. And um, back, you know, three months ago, back in November. Um, at the uh, Breeders' Cup Juvenile that pretty much really started in the Iroquois at Churchill that started the road to the Kentucky Derby. Um, we had a whole set of uh, horses that, um, uh, you know, uh, everybody thought they were the best, and they were at the time. You know, but now it, it's, you know, we're looking here at, uh, you know, three months later and things have changed. Uh, right now, the, the leaning uh, horse that we have um, in here is uh, he's got 12 points. It's called Papa Cat, and uh, he's got 12 points. He's being trained by Mark Cassie, and he's owned by Russell Wood Farm. So, uh, you know, he, he's a, a nice horse. Uh, then we have Rattle and Row has 10 points, which has earned 300000 trained by Kenny McPeak, owned by Lucky Seven Stables. Then we have Jack Christopher, which has always been on the front front runners uh in a lot of the races coming up leading up to this point in time uh jack christopher is a tough horse uh he's got two hundred forty thousand dollars in earning um the trainer is um uh, Safio, um joseph jr and red oak stable owns him and uh he, he's he's a real nice horse and like i said he's he's been in contention and talked a, a lot about and uh, he's trained by chad brown uh, which is which is really a, a good horse. Uh, we have Smile Happy, trained by Kenny McPeak, Lucky Seven Stables. Uh, another one for them. He's got ten points. Uh, Slow Down Andy, trained by Doug O'Neill, has uh, uh, Redham Racing. Uh, he's got ten points. Major Gentle, trained by Todd Fletcher, uh, has got one hundred seventy-seven thousand dollars in earnings. He's the one star Sienna Farm uh, horse. Uh, that's Major Gentle with ten points. Uh, Dash Attack, another Kenny McPeak horse, he's got 10 points with 150,000, uh, owned by the Crystal Stable. Uh, and, uh, uh, they're, they're, they're a good, good outfit to be around. Uh, usually trying real hard. Uh, me Donegal, another Todd Pletcher horse, trained horse, um, which is owned by Donegal Racing. Uh, he's got 10 points. Um, we have, uh, uh, Covacier. Trained by Kelly Brains, got 82,000 points, Hillendale Farm. We have uh, Epic Center, uh, $60,000. Steve Ashmussen also has 10 points. And then it's kind of scattered out from there. But any one of these horses could jump up, uh, you know, and, and uh, do something big here, uh, you know, coming up, uh, could do that. Uh, you know, you just never can really tell uh, what's going on with them. Um, you know, I, I just don't, don't know what to say about, uh, you know, uh, getting a horse there. Uh, there's so many things, so many factors, uh, so many races, you know, to go through. Um, you know, so like we've gone through the Iroquois, American Four, uh, 
uh, Farrell, the, the Champagne, the Breeders' Cup Security, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, Kentucky Jockey Club, the Renson, the Los Alamitos Futurity, the Springboard, the Gunrunner, the Jerome, the Smarty Jones, the Sham, and now we're um, here coming up on the Lacomet from the fairgrounds. It's a $200,000 added. It's a mile and a 16th on the dirt. It's on January 26th from, from uh, 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 the fairgrounds in New Orleans. And uh, so that that's uh, um, what, what's interesting to see, uh, you know, what's going on with them. Now, uh, so that kind of gives you an idea that every weekend from here on out, it's going to be usually a Kentucky Derby prep race and tune in to find out which ones they are and, you know, where we're going with them and everything. Um, the champion series, championship series events, um, uh, they start out and they're, they're broken up into uh, uh, two legs. Um, uh, it's the risen, it's the, it's the risen star, um, the rebel stakes, the fountain of youth, the Tampa Bay Derby, the Gotham stakes, San Felipe stakes, and the Sunland Derby make up the first, uh, leg, uh, first leg, uh, of this event. Um, first place gets 50 points and uh, second place, uh, uh, gets 20 points, third gets uh, 10 points and fourth gets five points. So, what they've done in these this series of races um, that has been a, uh, have been put together, it gives you an easy, uh, not an easy track, but it gives you a track to uh, the Kentucky Derby on getting enough points to, you know, to qualify. And uh, so uh, you can get them early in the season and then kind of sit back and, and kind of point your horse to the Derby and go from there. If you're not if you're not pleased uh, with how your horse ran in the first leg. Uh, the second leg of the series starts. Uh, these races are these are the major prep races for the Kentucky Derby. Thus, uh, uh, thus, and and are thus weighted uh, more heavily. Uh, these are really important uh, races for you to run in to get to the Kentucky Derby. Uh, so th- this is uh, something that uh, you, you have to take a look at because uh, you're build, trying to build those points up, you know, throughout the fall and the early part of the year to get your horse qualified for the derby. Now, as we said in the first leg, first place was worth 50 points. In the second leg, the first place is worth 100 points. And second place gets 40 points, third gets 20, and fourth gets 10. So it gives you some breathing room there to add points to your um, uh, your road to the Kentucky Derby. Uh, so uh, that that's going to be tough. And um, in the second leg, we have the Louisiana Derby, the UAE Derby. We have the Florida Derby, the Arkansas Derby, the Jeff Ruby, the Bluegrass Stakes, the Santa Anita Derby, and the Wood Memorial. So those are all horses leading right up and into uh, the Kentucky Derby. Um, so that that's uh, uh, really going to be an interesting, um, you know, road to go for the, our people here in the United States. Um, it's a tough road to go, but... Uh, the competitions there, and, and and again, it goes back to like we were saying uh, about how they get there. It helps the owner, the trainer, and the jockey, and all the people involved with each horse to evaluate and uh, kind of um, assess where their horse is at, and and do they really have a shot at the Kentucky Derby? Um, you know that that type of thing. And, and a lot of these horses will uh, might have enough points for the Derby. But, um, you know, they don't have a shot at it or they have some type of an issue with a mile and a quarter that the Kentucky Derby will be run at. 
Um, the Japan Road to the Kentucky Derby um, is intended to provide a place in the Derby starting gate for top finishers in uh, the series. Um, if the connections of that horse decline the invitation, their place is offered to the second and third place, uh, second place finisher, and so on down through the line. So, if you have, if you win one of the J- Japan prep races. And you got enough points to get into the Derby, and you declined to come over due to expenses or, you know, whatever reason, uh, you declined to come over, uh, you know, for it. Uh, the points will be awarded down to, uh, uh, you know, second, third, and fourth place for those for those three spots over there. Um, then, then you know, uh, we're looking just at four races in Japan um, that will be uh, uh, November 27th through April 2nd. Um, to get your horse qualified for the Derby. And then the European Road to the Kentucky Derby is designed in a similar basis to the Japan and intended to provide a place for the Derby starting gate, uh, top finisher in the series, if, if this connection so, uh, so choose to come over. Um, their place is offered to second place, in, just like in, in, in Japan and so forth. And um, from September 28th to April 7th, um, we have a, a series of races of, of, uh, in Europe. Uh, there's, uh, let's see, two, four, six, seven. There's seven races that, that are, um, you know, available for them to qualify to get here to the Derby from Europe. And, and also that, that's kind of exciting to see that, uh, you know, see that happen. Um, you know, it's interesting uh, to get to the Derby. You want to make sure you have a qualified field. You want to make sure that um, the viewing public is getting what they did. What they did, uh, you know, what they uh, looking for the quality, uh, the integrity, the honesty, you know, of the business. And the other thing too that we've talked a lot about here on IEN is when you can when you get a series of races uh, such as we just went over from Europe and Japan and the United States from all the different tracks here in the United States. It adds a television uh, value to your product, and um, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get the product out there via television, internet, uh, phones, uh, multimedia connections. Uh, you know, through the internet. Uh, you know, you name it, we'll have it on there. And so, um, if you come to IEN, you'll be find out how to watch the Derby on a multitude of distribution outlets. And uh, that's what we're trying to do is be like a like an equine guide, similar to a TV guide for the equine industry. You know, so that no matter where you're at and what you're doing, you can come in and you can kind of uh, see the Kentucky Derby. Now, uh, the part we're getting into now is we have the 2022 top contenders that we have now in here in. The first horse on our list is Smile Happy. He's a run-happy horse trained by Kenny McPete, worn by Corey Lannery. His last time out, he was first in the Kentucky Jockey Club, uh, and then he will be run, next be running in the Holy Bull on February 6th at Gulfstream Park. So again, we go back to the television and our connections. That'll be a great race to watch because several of these horses will be running in the Holy Bull at Gulfstream on February 6th. Uh, Giant Game, tail, trained by Dale Romans, ridden by Joe Talamo. 
third in the 2021 Breeders' Cup Juvenile Grade 1. He will be making his next start in uh, February 5th, Holy Bull, alongside Smile Happy. Uh, that's Dale Romans and Joe Talibon. Um, then we have Slow Down Andy, uh, trained by Doug O'Neill, uh, ridden by Jockey Gutierrez, first in the 2021 Los Alamitos Futurity. His next start will be the Robert B. Lewis, grade three, on February 6th. So you can see that there's a variety of races for these horses to uh, try to qualify in. And then we have uh, Cornish. Cornish is a nice horse uh, trained by Bob Bafford. He was last out and was first in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, ridden by Mike Smith. And we do not know when or where he's going to show up again. Uh, we just have no idea, uh, you know, on, on that uh, on that horse again. Uh, you know, there's some issues there with Bob Baffert, so we don't know how much that plays a part in it or just the status of the horse, you know, going in general. Uh, Chad Brown has um, Zandon. Um, not much information on him. Then we have uh, Todd Pletcher has uh, McDonagall. Um, uh, he, he's a nice horse. Um, he was first in the Remsen Stake. His next uh, uh, race will be the Holy Bull on February 5th at Gulfstream. So now we've got three horses in the top ten that will be running at the Holy Bull in uh, Gulfstream Park on February 5th. Um, then we have Rattle and Roll trained another Kenny McPeak horse trained. Uh, he was first in the Breeders' Cup Futurity at Keeneland, and uh, his next start has not been announced yet. I'm sure it'll be coming up soon. He might be one of those horses that uh, needs just only two, three races, to, uh, you know, two races to get into the Kentucky Derby, maybe three, but we'll we'll see. And then uh, we had our, uh, our our one horse that uh, was leading the pole. Uh, the Derby points was um, uh, Papa Cap, a Mark Hassey trained horse. He's at our eighth position. He was second in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, and his next start will be January 26th at the fairgrounds, and then it'll come at, uh, at the fairgrounds. So, um, you know, he, he's uh, going a different route. He's going to New Orleans, opposed to Florida or, or anywhere else. Then we have uh, Jack Christopher, a Chad, uh, a Chad Brown trained horse, Ortiz and the in the saddle for him. Uh, his last out was uh, first in the champagne. No inf more information on him. Um, then we have um, another Bob Baffert horse at number 10, uh, Messler, trained by Bob Baffert, flavoring pride in the irons. He was second in the Los Alamitos Futurity. No information, more information on him. Uh, then we're down to number 11, Tins the Bomb, another Kenny McTree, uh, trained horse. Second in the uh, 2001 Breeders' Cup uh, Juvenile Turf, and his next start will be in the Holy Bull. And so you see before on our shows, we were talking about the very many ways that you can get your horse to the Kentucky Derby. And the Kentucky Derby is run on the dirt, and but uh, with, with Tiz the Bomb, um, uh, Kenny decided to run him on the turf. And the turf is a lot easier on horses when they race. Uh, than it is the dirt, uh, the concussion uh, 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 of the feet hitting the ground on the dirt is a little bit, uh, a little bit uh, stronger than it is on the turf, and so that 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 was a good move on uh, on uh, Kenny McPeak's part to get him on the turf. You got him in a quality, um, you know, uh, field 
uh, made a lot of money in there. Uh, you know, that's for sure. So the owners are happy. And so now you can go back to uh, the Holy Bull and see what happens. So now we got five of the 11 uh, uh, top horses are in the Holy Bull. And then we get down to White Abrero. Uh, uh, Mr. Uh, trainer by the name of Joseph has him with Zayez in the saddle. Uh, he was third in the Kentucky Jockey Club uh, in 2021. And his next start is the Holy Bull. So that's going to be interesting to see, uh, you know, what happens with him. Uh, you know, so now we're looking at, at uh, what, six uh, of the, of the uh, starters at Holy Bull in the Holy Bull on February 5th uh, will be, um, you know, in the top uh, 20. So you're getting a lot of the good, real, real, real good horses. And so, you know, it's coming down to a gunfight now. Uh, you know, it's going to be head to head and, you know, you might see these, uh, horses racing against each other in other states and the one or two more times they're going to run to get to the Kentucky Derby. And that's just in, in the top 20 here. Uh, you know, uh, then I will go down here and, and, um, run down through the bottom of them here and see how many more we have. Um, we've got Sir, uh, London, uh, Callahan trained horse. Uh, he was at a mate, one of maiden special weight. Uh, he'll be in the Robert Bebus, uh, you know, in there. Uh, Kenny McPeak has dash attack that'll be coming up, um, on January 29th in the Southwest States, which is just right around the corner. Um, we have, uh, uh Steve Ashmeason has an, uh, epicenter. Um, he was, uh, first in the gun runner, uh, now we have, he'll be running in Le Comet in New Orleans. Uh, so, you know, it, it just goes on and on and on. Uh, you see a lot of these good quality horses that have been running. Uh, like we got at, at our 28th, uh, we got at our 28th position, we have a classic causeway trained by Brian Lynch. Uh, last time out, he was second in the Kentucky Jockey Club. He'll be at the Holy Bull. So this Holy Bull field is going to be loaded. I mean, it's going to be loaded, and you're going to see some. You, you'll you'll see. Uh, I almost can guarantee that between the Holy Bull and the Florida Derby, you'll see the winner uh, of each one of those races. It could be two of them. Uh, it could be the same winner win both of them, or it could be two different winners. But I guarantee you will see those two horses in the top three in the Kentucky Derby in 2022. That's how tough that road is. Yeah, to go there, and that tells you what kind of horses you have there. Um, you know, so that, that'll be interesting to see what happens there. We have a horse that I like, just plain, his name is Joe. That's his name, Joe. And uh, he was first in the Maryland Juvenile. It was a restricted stake race, but, uh, you know, he's still on his way, and no telling what he could do. Um, you know, so um, it was interesting to see, you know, what's going on. Uh, a sleeper that we have out here is uh, R Richard Mandela's horse. Uh, this is just really exciting, uh, you know, to see um, this horse um, that he's got. Uh, uh, he's, he's a good trainer. Uh, his name's Forbidden Kingdom. And um, his next start will be the San Vicente on uh, the 29th. And then I'm going to finish up here with the most exciting one of all. Of all the horses going to the Derby, and it's a horse that I have part ownership in, 
and I was so excited. He ran his first time out at Gulfstream Park on uh, January 8th. Uh, it was a maiden special weight, $61,000 going six far long. And he's a distorted humor coat. Uh, his name is Ironworks. And he broke his maiden the first time out. And Todd did a great job of getting him ready to run and uh, setting on him and see where he's going to go. And of course, you know, we all, and he, he's at a 32nd on our list. So, you know, it's kind of exciting to see that, uh, you know, with uh, a horse like that. And it just goes to show you, you don't have to win a lot of those early races to start figuring out where you're going to go with, uh, you know, if you're going to nominate them or what. Now, Ironworks has got a long road to go, uh, you know, to go. Uh, you're probably looking maybe at the Fountain of Youth and then the Florida Derby or, you know, you might be looking at something uh, – you know, in Arkansas, the Southwest Stakes or the Rebel or something like that. Uh, there's all kinds of races, you know, that are available for these horses. And, and I, I don't call them late bloomers. I just call them, uh, you know, they're on a journey to the Kentucky Derby, and that journey has no set path. There is no set path to the Kentucky Derby. Let me emphasize that, because you don't know what your horse is going to be like from race to race. He can hit Every horse has a big race in him. It could be in the Florida Derby. It could be like in uh, Ironworks in the Maiden Special Weight. You know, um, that was his race. That day he owned. He owned that day. Everything going up to that race, Todd Pleasure did his best. His grooms, his his riders, uh, his staff, um, you know, all the owners that are involved with him, you know, it it all came together. That was his day. You know, hopefully there'll be better days, you know, down the road. But, you know, being being a, a small, minute part owner of this horse that I am, I know that uh, it's horse racing. And, you know, that might have been his day that uh, we look back on and say his best race ever was his first race. Or we could look down the road and say his best race ever was the Kentucky Derby. You know, we just don't know. It's a day-to-day Week to week thing, and it's all in the hands of uh, of the trainer now, and the jockey, and, and the grooms, and and the staff that Todd had, and we couldn't be in any better hands than that, um, you know. So uh, it's exciting to know. And what I like about it is he's right over here at Palm Beach Downs. Uh, he's stable and, and training every day, a mile and a half from where I live, you know. And so uh, I have access to him. And, you know, and so it's kind of exciting to do that and everything. But um, one thing I want to get to here, here real quick is um, at the fairgrounds on the 22nd uh, coming up here. It's uh, um, race 14. It's a La Comet grade three uh, stakes race. Post time is 620 central time, uh, 720 eastern time. Um, it, it's going to be a, a nice race. It's a 200,000 for three-year-olds going a mile and the 16th on the dirt. And um, we have a nine-horse field. And that's what uh, that's what uh, Ironworks was in, a nine-horse maiden special weight. So something about these nine-horse fields I like. Um, but it, it's, it's going to be an interesting race. Um, Dallas Church looks in pretty good shape on this race. He's got, uh, he's got a couple of horses in here in the race. He's got Surfer Dude and Unified Report, which is really good. Mark Cassie has Papa Cap in there, which should be the favorite with Joe Bravo in the, in the irons. Epic Center with Steve Ashmussen's in there. Um, he ought to be pretty good shape in there. Uh, so, you know, you got uh, three or four good horses there. Uh, 
um, you know, that we have uh, uh, running for it. Steve Ashmussen, uh, you know, has got a couple of horses in there. But Dallas Stewart should set the pace in this race. And then I, I see uh, Epic Center and I see, uh, um, uh, you know, Papa Cap uh, coming out in there. And then my long shot in this race is going to be, um, uh, I mean, he, he will be a, a tremendous long shot. Is a, um, It's going to be uh, Blue Kentucky. Guy's name's Lovenberry, and Catalino's in the iron, and I think he might be the race of his career right there. So, you know, that's what we're looking at uh, there for today's races. Uh, next week, we're going to have on our program we're going to uh, have people from uh, the Jockey Club, and we're going to talk about the Thoroughbred Incentive Program. Uh, we're going to have a trainer on here that uh, trains horses uh, and points them towards the, uh, the, uh, uh, the Thoroughbred Incentive Program Championships um, in, in Kentucky. And uh, then we're going to have a, uh, a trainer, uh, rider, owner uh, that has just recently acquired a off the track thoroughbred for the tech program. Uh, her, her name is, uh, uh, it's going to be, uh, synonymous in the show horse industry for training good and riding good thoroughbreds in there. And so, uh, we're excited about that, but stay tuned uh, for those three interviews next week on our show. And, uh, that show will be mostly about the thoroughbred incentive program with uh, Kentucky Derby updates and, uh, with quest for equine gold updates and sale updates. Um, I want to thank you for uh, going on our journey with us through the equine industry. The journey doesn't stop here. It starts here. So we look forward to meeting with you and uh, someday at one of the equine events. Uh, call into our show when you get a chance. It's, five, it's um, 323-744-4831 or call me at 561-466. One two seven two. That's intv.org, and uh, we'll be looking forward to hearing from you. Thanks for questions. Looking forward to meeting with you again next Thursday at one p.m. on BBS Radio.